0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Preaching today, and uh, we've been on this road trip as well. And uh, we've done our own road trip. And we, um, as Tristan said, we went out west. And uh, after Kyra and Justin got married, and um, nine days we spent on the west coast, and uh, it was absolutely amazing. I have a few pics that we want to share with you. Uh, here we are in the Narrows, and Zion hike that. And I know it's a little hard to see here with everything in the middle. You can keep going through those, and um, El Capitan. Um, there. That was such a spectacular sight. Another great shot there. That looks like a postcard, doesn't it? Um, so beautiful out there. And uh, we went through Bryce and Zion, and uh, just a gorgeous, gorgeous, uh, a little bit of God's creation And uh, as we went. And um, we got to hike the lower in the Middle Falls in Yosemite, and it was hot. We'd had our camelbacks with us. And uh, when we went up the one morning we uh, we uh, had our water, but we got about halfway up and forgot snacks. That's a bad thing when you're hiking that much, right? And uh, that was quite a hike. So halfway up, you know, we took different breaks throughout, and then we kind of sat down, and, and then uh, uh, another couple came and kind of sat down in the same area there to get rest and get ready for the next part of the journey. And Kristen's like, hey, did you happen to bring uh, extra snacks? And um, they were, and so they were gracious enough to give us wonderful Canadian people. So, um, and, uh, so got to talk with them, and, and uh, it was a rookie mistake on our end. We bought the water, but no snacks. We learned a vital lesson on that one to bring the snacks. But that was a big day. It was 29,000 steps that day, and uh, it was a great hike. Um, You know, it's interesting as you go hiking, you notice these different signs that are out there that uh, directing us, but also warning us. You've seen them, you know. Many places on their hike, there's like, hey, there's stay on the path don't create your own path because it could be dangerous or deadly, right? And um, I don't know if you've ever heard these sayings like, every river leads back to the sea, or this one, every road leads to Rome. You ever heard some of these statements? And so today, as we come, it's kind of like in the world we live in, there's many ways to arrive at a destination. And um, Really, it comes down to today, as I talk about Jesus on John chapter 14, the many ways to arrive at truth. That's the world's misconception. There are many people trying to get to God on their own path. And this leads me as I talk today is Jesus really the only way to get to God? Is that true? Have you ever struggled with that question? I know when I was younger, I struggled with it. I wrestled with this one as well. And I think many people struggle with this question or maybe you've even struggled with an answer to that question when someone has asked it to you. And I think there's many people that have gotten stuck here in their faith journey because of that question. And uh, I'm going to talk about several passages, but I want to read out of John chapter 14. And uh, the context for this passage of Scripture is Jesus at the tail end of his life, in the last night of his life, he knows that he is going to die. And he tells his disciples he's going to be arrested and he's going to die. And here is this powerful portion of Scripture of John chapter 14 and verse 1 through 7. This last week, as we came through it, it was a difficult week as well because one of our members had passed away, Carol Schob, and this was one of her favorite chapters and verses here. And Larry, I know you're here, and we love you, Laura, Terry, the whole family. We know what a godly life that Carol lived upon this earth and has made such an incredible difference here In the world that we live in. And I know that's a difficult journey for you, but we love you, appreciate you, and the legacy that she left behind to us. Would you be encouraged by this first sentence? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Would you just let that sink into your spirit this morning? Because there's a lot of trouble. And the reason why Jesus spoke these words is because there was and there is trouble. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. And I just want to pause here. The disciples are not getting this. At this point, You know the way. And they're like, we have no idea, Jesus. This should comfort us because these guys have been with Jesus for three years and they're still getting confused. So if you have questions and you get confused in your faith, God wants you to bring your questions to him. Verse five, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? Let the weight of then this next verse sink in that we can say by heart, but we can gloss over so quickly. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. He said, I am the way, not one of the ways. Peter says this in Acts, there is salvation found in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Jesus said, I am the only way. And the problem with that for many is we don't doubt that Jesus existed here on earth, but we struggle many times and people struggle with Jesus being the only way. That gets to be a struggle. Maybe it's true what Oprah has said. Oprah has said, God is the center of a wheel and there are many spokes coming off the wheel and all those spokes are different religions and thoughts and they all lead to the same God. Well, is that true? Jesus said that is absolutely not true. There's only one way. And the problem is we, we struggle with this, and we struggle with it in our heart many times. What we know today is that we live in, in, in this world and on this planet, and one of the highest ideals in our world today is pluralistic thinking tolerance. And when we hear something like Jesus say, I am the only way, many people think Jesus claimed to be the only way. It just seems exclusive and it seems intolerant and it seems unfair. And I want to roll that and unpack that for just a moment today. I love what J. Herbert Cain said, it's safe to say that the most offensive aspect of the 20th century Christianity is its exclusiveness. Have you ever thought that that is an exclusive claim? And what I want to do today is kind of, as we look at this, I, I want to challenge that because I think that might be misinformed about the exclusivity of Christianity. The truth is, Christianity is the least complicated and the most inclusive of all religions. It's unbelievably inclusive, but all you have to do is study other major religions, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Mormonism, and even atheism, atheism, Atheism. I'm gonna get that one out. Every single one makes exclusive claims. For example, Islam, the first pillar of Islam is there is one God, Allah, and his prophet, Muhammad. And, and if you don't agree with that exclusive claim, then you're wrong. Even atheism makes the exclusive claim. Atheism claims there is no God. Even agnostics claims that no one can know God, that's him, that's an exclusive claim. So as you go through every world religion, that's what you see. Uh, you and I know that there cannot be multiple exclusive claims that all contradict each other and all of them be true. It's kind of like the little girl who went to her mom and she was asking her mom, "Mom, where did the first humans come from on planet Earth, and how did humans come about?" Mom, well, her mom said, "Honey, God created Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve had kids, and that's where the first humans." came from. She was like, okay, all right. The next day she was curious, so she asked her dad, Dad, where did humans come from? Her dad said, it's very simple, honey. There was a big bang and through the evolutionary process, they became monkeys and apes and apes. We evolved from monkeys to humans. And that's how humanity came about. And now the girl, she's really confused at this point and this time. And she went back to her mom and she was a little upset. And she's like, she says, Mom, how is it possible that you told me we came from God and Dad told me we came from monkeys? And her mom looked back at her daughter and s- smiled and said, Honey, Daddy was just explaining the origins of his side of the family. <laughs> right, well, that's funny, but here's the truth. You can't have multiple exclusive truths and they all be true. What is true, and we've got to get this right because this has to do with our eternity. There can't be multiple truths. The issue is not our emotions or our preferences, because that's you know that that comes and weighs in us. The issue is truth. Sincerity in religious matters is never enough. So we do not doubt the sincerity of other major world religions. But sincerity only matters when it's applied to the proper object. You can be sincerely wrong and still be wrong, right? You you can sincerely drink rat poison and you will be sincerely dead. I am you with me. Believing the wrong thing doesn't make it right. We've learned two plus two equals four. It doesn't equal five or three, no matter how sincere you are. Christianity claims what God claims is that you and I are to be reconciled with God and that is only through the person and the work of Jesus Christ and him alone. Every other world religion is described by one word and that word is do. Did you know that? It's what you do. You have to do something to earn your way to God. Look at the other world religions. You've you, you got to do enough. you gotta, you got to go after that. And, um, and if you get, do enough good things when you die, then you go to heaven. But that's not the word. The problem is, as we look at this, um, how would you ever know if you're good enough? Because they all differ in, in what they do. Does God just grade on a curve at the end of your life? Like the last day of your life, you had a blow up at your family, and God's like, Dude, you ruined it, man. I'm sorry, right? Right? You, you being good enough to get to God is counter to who he is. We have a perfect God and only perfect people get to be in his presence. None of us are perfect. How do we get to be reconciled into that? Christianity is different. The foundation to everything the Bible teaches and is done in the word done. It is finished It is done. You don't do enough to get to God. God's already done it. You just accept it. He's already paid the price to have a relationship with him. Here's what Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from your, what? Selves, right? It's a gift of God and not by works so no one can boast. You know, I'm toast if I'm relying on my good works. We all have to rely on faith, the love, and the forgiveness of a God who gave his only son, Jesus Christ, for you and me. That's open to anyone. I mean, you accept it. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Listen, imagine two country clubs open in your neighborhood right next to each other, and the one country club posts a sign out front that says, here are all the rules you got to abide by all of these things before you can even enter and be a part of this country club. And it's a long list, and it's going to take you years to get all of that done. And so the other country club posts a sign up front that says, Everyone's welcome, anyone, male, female, black, white, yellow, brown, sinner, saint, rich, poor, cat lovers, dog lovers... Everyone's welcome. Which would you say is more exclusive? This is every other religion, and it's in the word do. Right? Where Christianity says, it's done. It's finished. Christianity's is inclusive, inclusive. Help me with that word. Thank you. See, it's my first Sunday back. I just got to get all this out right now, Right? is in the offer of salvation that's open to anyone, anywhere, and it's free. You accept a person in Jesus Christ who paid the price. Many people think, well, you know what? The offer seems intolerant. It's intolerant. We live in a culture of intolerance, don't we? And uh, listen, if you've never been to my house and you're going to come over and we invited you over... We lived in this neighborhood, um, and I was trying to help you get there. Um, you know, I am going to give you the directions. And if there's only one way to my house, I'm gonna give you the one way to get in, right? And so, wouldn't it be loving and kind if I tell you the one way to get in and to get to my neighborhood and to get to my house? It would be unloving to say, oh, yeah, there's many ways to get to my house. No, there's only one way to get to my place. There's only one way to get to my home, and this is how you get there. Otherwise, you're going to be driving around, and you're lost. Here's what I want to tell you. God wants you home. I don't know about you, but, you know, you can travel and go and be in other parts of the world, other parts of the nation, other parts of the state, but how many of you know there's no place like home? How many of you know there's no place, like you just, there just comes a point where I just want to be home. Somebody here today, you've been lost for so long and God's telling you the way home. And him telling you the way is not intolerant. It's the most kind and loving thing that he could ever do. Today, maybe you just want to reorient your thinking a little bit when it comes to God, and we should be crazy thankful that God even provided a way for us to be reconciled with a holy and righteous God, that Jesus being the only way to God is only intolerant if it's not true. If it's true, it's the most loving thing that God has ever done to tell you the way. Let's talk about the third thing, that Jesus being the only way, and you know, maybe it seems unfair. Many think that it's unfair because what about all the people that have never heard about Jesus? And so here's three things that I want you to know about God. One, God is good. How many of you can say amen to that? He's always good. He's not only good, but he's also loving. He loves every person on this planet today. The third thing is he will make himself known to every person on the planet regardless if they have a Bible or have ever heard the name of Jesus because God is seeking after every single person on planet earth today. 2 Peter 3, 9 makes this clear. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient With us, with you, some of you he's been patient with for a long time. And he's not wanting anyone, God does not want one single person to perish, but everyone to come to repentance to a saving knowledge of who he is. In Acts chapter 17... Paul, speaking to a group of non-believers, he's in Athens, and he's talking to a bunch of philosophers, and he says to them, God did this. He revealed himself so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out to him and find him. He wants everyone to find him. Everyone. Every single person. You ever play the game hide and seek? Right? God does not hide himself from anyone. We hide, and he seeks after us. Romans 1:19. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, that's every single person, what can be known about God is plain to every person because God has made it plain to them. How's he made it plain? Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen that God is not hiding from anyone. He is seeking everyone. If you look at creation, you'd say, wow, how can people not believe in God? And he says, you know what? I've made it plain to them. We know this in our own heart, that even in our own conscience, we know things are not like they should be. So that any person that will open their eyes will find God, anyone today. You know, you'll not believe the ways God miraculously reveals himself to anyone in this world. It's miraculous in the Muslim world what God is doing today. There are thousands of documented cases of Muslim countries that they, people are finding Jesus through dreams and visions that God is revealing himself. We are getting reports, even from our own missionaries in Islamic countries. There was one study where they interviewed 600 Muslims that converted to Christianity, and they found 25% of those Muslims, the reason that they found Jesus was because they had a dream about Jesus, and they didn't even know about Jesus before. See, God is seeking everyone all the time. And sometimes our our Western minds and thinking, we forget how big God is. But in Acts 10, we know there's a Roman centurion named Cornelius that is just open to God, and he's been praying to God for God to reveal himself to him. And what does God do in Acts chapter 10? God gives Peter a vision and a dream to go visit Cornelius, and Peter goes and visits his house, walks in, shares Jesus with Cornelius, and Cornelius and all of his household are saved and baptized that day. That's how God moves. God does not want one person to not find him. And anyone that's seeking God will find him. And if you've struggled with that, I want you to know, I want I want I want you to know this, there's not a person here today who has any excuse that if you died today that you could shake your fist at God and say I never knew about Jesus because you know about Jesus. We do know because this is what he said about himself. I am the way and I am the truth. I'm the life when no one comes to the father except through me. That's not exclusive. That is the most inclusive invitation that has been offered in history. It's not intolerant. It's loving that God gave up his only son for you and me. And it's not unfair because God is seeking everyone at all times across our world at this moment. As I bring this to conclusion, I'm speaking to three groups of people here today. You're gonna to find yourself in one of these three groups. Number one, is there are some here that you're really strong in your faith. And if you're strong in your faith today, I hope today's message and teaching just helps you walk out with just more confidence and I hope that it inspires you to go reach more people for Jesus Christ. The God seeking everyone but he uses you and me to reach others. And I I, I want us to, as a church to come back to this understanding. We know what God's called us to do. In the Great Commission, there's no question in our minds is to go make disciples. And we need to be reaching, and we need to be ministering to other people. We need to be sharing our story with people that are lost because sometimes we can forget about that. But in your sphere of influence, whether it's in your school or workplace or home, I think we should ask every time we come to church, who does God want me to bring to church today? Can I hear an amen, church? There's others of you who say, I'm stuck in my faith and I've been struggling, and I hope today God gets you off the sidelines and you have more confidence in who he is. Today is a day to get consistent at Abundant Life Church and get connected to this body of believers and start serving, find a group, go through our growth track, and you take the next step in the journey. That's the second group. There's a third group of people. You've never gone all in for Jesus. Maybe it's you have some big questions for God. And I think today... God's calling someone to finally make a definitive choice and finally go all in and follow after Christ. And you can do that right now. You know the thing about hide and seek? If you were the last one that never found you, eventually you go, yoo-hoo, right? Because you want to be found. You know, if I never did the yoo-hoo, I would still be in my parents' dryer in Iowa in their basement, right? <laughs> Kids don't hide there, okay? Is, here's, here's what I want to tell somebody today, and maybe many people here or online. It's time to stop hiding. It's time to stop hiding. It's time. God's seeking after you. He's coming after you today. He wants you, he wants your heart and he wants you to come home. I believe there's people here, you're not home yet and God wants you to get home and today's that day that you can do it. You can find him as the way and the truth and the life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, today I thank you for this word of John chapter 14. Lord, that we would let these words sink in. To not let our hearts be troubled. Oh, God, I pray for every person in this room who has a troubled heart today. I pray for them right now. God, that you would touch them and overwhelm them with your presence and your spirit. Thank you for your love. They would sense and feel what you are doing and in them even right now. You are drawing them to you. Father, I pray... For those here that are strong in their faith, God, I pray that they would continue their sphere of influence wherever they are at. God, whether it's in their school or their workplace or their home, we'd tell another person about Jesus. I pray for those that are stuck in their faith today, the Lord, they would get off the sidelines and they would start doing and serving you and your kingdom and your work and, and uh, find a, a group of people here at Abundant Life Ch- Church or in our growth track or take the next step. But then there's the third group for people that have never gone all in. And Lord, I, I pray that, Lord, even as I said that a moment ago, that you were, I know, we're tugging on the hearts of people that have never gone all in for you and that today's the day that they're going to go all in and accept you as the way and the truth and the life because no one gets to the Father without going through Jesus. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm here to make a definitive choice today and I want to come home and I want to follow after Christ and I want to serve him and I want to be forgiven of my sins. And you want to make that choice at this moment. Would you just lift your hand right now in this room? As God's tugging upon your heart, I see one, two, three hands. Anyone else? I see your hand. You're going to come home today. God wants you home. The Father wants you home. Thank you for that hand. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you now as people have received this invitation, Lord, they're inviting you into their life and will forever be changed in Jesus' name. Thank you that you are the way and the truth and the life for them. And that, Father, they've come home today. They found new life in you. And so, Lord, I bless you and I thank you for that. And I thank you as they start this faith journey that they will not do it on their own and they will not be alone, but God, they will be a part of this church. They will be a part of the body of Christ and they will find encouragement through the ups and the downs of whatever they are going through. Lord, I pray and I thank you for it today. I pray God that you would help us, Lord, uh, be people that are continuing to tell the story of what you've done in our hearts to a lost world today. God, we're your children, we're your disciples, and we're called to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, You can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.